Welcome to Beyond the Script, a podcast where we discuss trending and innovative topics in the world of primary care and talk about new products and services that are driving change in the healthcare industry. Here are your hosts, Dr. Joel Bessmer and Ryan Bessmer. Welcome to Beyond the Script. My name is Ryan Bessmer. I'm joined with my father, Dr. Joel Bessmer, and today we're going to talk a little bit about one of your favorite subjects to talk about and teach about, and that's our sick healthcare system. But before we jump into that, which, you know, I know it's a subject that we're both passionate about, and especially you're passionate about, I want you to paint the picture of what healthcare used to look like before we talk about it being sick. Can you talk about what a functioning healthcare system looked like before things got broken like they are today? Well, um, I guess the comment I would go back to then was healthcare when I was a kid, uh, because that's about what I'm thinking. Um, maybe you could think about Marcus Welby, the times of Marcus Welby. Um, docs really knew their patients. Um, they took care of probably less patients than we take care of today. When you talk about the number of patients per doctor, we don't train a lot more physicians today than we have in the past. We certainly do train more, but we don't train a lot more. But think about what's happened to the population in the United States since the 1960s and 70s uh, versus the number of doctors we've trained and what stress that's put on the system. So when I think about a healthier healthcare system, some of the things I think about are less insurance involvement. I'd like to see us turn to a healthcare industry that insurance is involved when something bad happens. You need a hospitalization, you gotta go have a surgery, you gotta do all those things. I personally don't believe it is our advantage to involve insurance in primary care. Right? I think a little bit about how we use car insurance. Could you imagine if you're in the middle of a rainstorm and you're driving and you want to be able to see out your car window while you're driving? That seems reasonable, right? And you need new wiper blades to do that. So you pull into the next gas station that you come to and the gas station attendant says to you, oh, I'm sorry, the wiper blades I'm carrying aren't covered by your car insurance. Would you tolerate that? Would you then sit there and wait to drive out away from that rainstorm? Because this is what we're doing in healthcare. We're saying insurance doesn't cover that, therefore we're not doing it. And oh, by the way, this is not just your windshield wipers. This is your health. So I don't think it's to our advantage to have the healthcare industry dictating to us what should and shouldn't be covered in preventive medicine and in office-based health care and those kinds of things. I think it ought to be covered for, oh, crap, medicine, something bad happened, and I need help, and I shouldn't have to pay for all that. That's what I insure against. Talk about the sick health care system and how it relates to the amount of the experience that the average person has with their primary care physician today, um, irregardless of, you know, they found the right quote unquote gas station. They're there with the doctor that can cover uh, the visitor, the visits covered by their insurance. So irrespective of cost, can you talk a little bit about um, the experience inside of a primary care clinic uh, uh, today because of the systems that we operate under versus what you think uh, is the better model? Sure, absolutely. The system we operate today, the the doc or the provider, oftentimes it may not be a doctor, the provider has maybe six to seven minutes to do the entire exam. 
as well as the documentation. And so quite often, and because they have so many patients, they may not know you as well as they should have. So then they're spending a lot of times looking at their computer, punching buttons on their computers. They're not looking at the patients. They're not spending time with the patients. And once again, this is not the provider's problem. It is the provider's problem. But that's what the provider has to do to be able to function in the system today. And you say, well, why would the system not allow them to spend more time? Because they're not paid for their time. They're paid for a billing code they're going to submit. And to make the amount of money it takes to support the office and maybe still turn somewhat of a profit in primary care, they spend very little time with patients. Or they will not make money. They will go broke. And you say, well, that how can that be? I mean, medicine, all doctors are rich, right? Well, I just want you to search in Nebraska for primary care physicians that are today not owned by a hospital system. And the reason they aren't owned by the system anymore, or the reason 90% of them are owned by the system today, is because it's very difficult to make a living in primary care today. Do you think that maybe that's a reason why residents don't want to go into primary care as a field today? Is, could, is, it, is it because the, the prospects of making money are not as great as if they went into another specialty? There's great data to show you that. There's great data to show that. And, and it's not just the money. I mean, trust me, I, I'm sure there are people that go into medicine for money, but I, I, don't, I really don't. I really believe there is altruism in medicine, that the, these medical students and residents that are choosing it are choosing it because they really do want to help people. They really do enjoy that part of practice. This is something that's fun for them, and they can enjoy it. There are a lot of other reasons in the money that all of a sudden this isn't fun. It's because it violates really why you did do this. It violates your altruism to try and go in and do those things and do that in seven minutes when you know the patient has more questions. You know that there's something else you could be doing that might help, but you don't have the time and you can't give that effort because that's not what you're being asked to do by your employer. What would happen in your own job if you're behaving inappropriately? inappropriate in your job and therefore not making the amount of money for that business that you should make. You get fired. You get disciplined. You get written up. Yeah, those things all happen in medicine. And we've put the doctors in this position where they have to choose between doing what they think is best for the patient versus they have quotas that they have to meet that their hospitals. Our healthcare system is sick. And once again, every time I make that statement, I try to say the same thing. And that is our healthcare system is sick and you can take that a lot of different ways. There are many connotations of how sick it is. The one that bothers me the most is the fact that our healthcare system is sick. It only benefits when you, the patient, are sick. Sit back and think about that. Name one way our healthcare system benefits when you, the patient, are healthy. And you say, well, their beds won't be as full. Yeah, well, not making money. Well, uh, gosh, I wouldn't go to the doctor as often. Yeah, not making as much money. This is what has to be fixed, Ryan. We have to fix that there is an incentive in the healthcare system to get patients healthier. Gee, what about the insurance industry? I know my insurance company wants me healthier because when I'm healthier, I don't cost them as much money. No, 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 no. An insurance company is a money management system. The more expensive healthcare is, the more the percentage is of that they're taking. The percentage stays the same. 
But because it's a higher number and healthcare is more expensive, they're getting more money. And once again, I'm not saying everybody is doing this for the wrong reasons. But when money is the incentive, that doesn't seem right in healthcare. And yet here I am, a concierge physician, talking about taking money for healthcare. I'm just being upfront about it because I failed out of primary care. I can't see 35 patients in a day and go home and feel good about myself and feel like I helped the people the way I wanted to help them and to be able to deliver the relationship-based medicine that I have to because it's what feeds my soul. I failed out of primary care, and I think a lot more physicians need to fail out of primary care to fix it. Well, that's a big reason that we see the direct primary care movement, the movement of concierge physicians across the country growing is because doctors are realizing this is the best way to operate uh, a clinic. It's the best way to provide care. Uh, it benefits not only myself as the physician, but it also benefits my patients and it benefits the payer, whether that payer is the patient themselves uh, or the employer that they work with. So uh, really enjoyed this discussion. I, I want to make one more comment so on that, Ryan, because that, right. that fed another one for me, right? The comment I hear all the time is, Joel, we can't do this. We will break the back of the system. If too many doctors leave primary care to go do this, there's not enough doctors to take care of everybody. Guess what? Doctors are leaving the system anyway. They're burning out. They're burning out. The suicide rate in medicine is unbelievable right now. It's not right. We've got to fix the system. If we fix the system, more medical students and residents might find this much more attractive and therefore choose to enter medicine. We've got to fix a sick health sick healthcare system. All right, we'll leave it at that. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for your comments, Dad. As always, uh, leave us a like, a comment, and subscribe if you'd like to hear more. We'll be coming out with more episodes of Beyond the Script soon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. If you liked our show today, we invite you to subscribe to Beyond the Script on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Thank you for listening.